Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. It's our fault. We'll talk about America's patriotism problem. We have legal wins, not just one legal win. We're going to talk to Jeffrey Tucker, Tudor Dixon. Connor Tomlinson is going to update us on what's happening in France. All that's coming up tonight on I'm Right. All right, we just had Independence Day. And I know there was plenty to celebrate. I hope you had a good time. I had a good time. And I know there was plenty to be outraged about. There was plenty of outrage at the people, the communists in our country, who used Independence Day to trash the country. Elected representatives, people like Jamal Bowman, this July 4th, we must remember that we stand on stolen land toiled by enslaved Africans and recommit ourselves to the fight for freedom, equality, and justice so that these ideals are accessible to everyone, blah, 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 blah so on and so forth. Cory Bush, of course, got on, said something similar. America sucks. I'm not even going to read the whole thing. Oh, no, black people are oppressed. Ben and Jerry's even got in on this whole thing. They said, the 4th of July, it's high time we recognize the U.S. exists on stolen indigenous land and commit to returning it. And, of course, 
People were outraged about all this. There was a WNBA player who said something, but you don't care about that because no one cares about the WNBA. But people were mad about it. And before we go to David Harris Jr. and we talk about patriotism, I just want to bring something up that's uncomfortable. And it makes us feel a little icky, but it is true, and it's something we have to remember. Our politicians, our companies, they are a reflection of us as a people. They don't lead us. Jamal Bowman, Corey Bush, Ben and Jerry's, they don't lead anything. Corey Bush, Jamal Bowman, they can say those things because their constituents believe those things. They want to hear those things. Ben and Jerry can say things like that because their customers, they like it. Or in the very least, they don't care. It's important for us always to remember that we are what decides the direction of this nation. And our people now have been so drowned in anti-American propaganda for so long that there's now a market for this. That's what hurt the mo hurts the most, doesn't it? That there's a market for this. Let's talk to David Harris Jr. about that. Joining me now to discuss our patriotism problem and other things is David Harris Jr. He's the author of a book, A Town Worth Defending. David, it's not just that we have a country full of people who dislike it. They hate it and they campaign against it. Our elected officials do this now. At least Democrats used to have to pretend to love the country. Now, they, their constituents want them to dump on the place. It's everywhere. Yeah, it is, Jesse, and it's so unfortunate. And I think it's because a large part of it, a large percentage of the reason why I believe so many individuals, especially young people, teenagers, college students, uh, that make up this demographic of individuals that hate America is because they're being talked to in school. Uh, and unfortunately, too many parents are hoping and allowing the public school system is going to actually teach their kids about, uh, you know, why they should love America and, and reinforce values like patriotism, uh, you know, a love for country, a love for the freedoms that this country was founded on, uh, a love for the fact that it's in our, it's enshrined in our Declaration of Independence, uh, that, uh, you know, all men are created equal equal, uh, you know, men and women are created equal. And, and that's exactly why I, I had to go with this book. I wrote this book, A Town Worth Defending. Uh, it's a book. It's a brave books. Um, it's a, one of the brave books series. You get it at bravebooks.com. And it is to go after the children. We have to address. We have to begin speaking to and talking to our kids you know, four to 10, 12 years old about things that we as patriots, we as Christians, we as people that love this country, what we appreciate about this country. We've got to do that. And that's what this book does. I think for far too long, decades, parents have allowed the schools to indoctrinate our kids, and we haven't made sure that they're learning some of, some of the specific values uh, that we as patriots and, and Christians want them to. So a town worth defending, little ra Rowdy the raccoon has to rile up his town and fight off a posse of possums that's trying to take over and destroy the very foundation of his town, the freedoms, the justice, uh, and and he's got to he's got to work together to do it. So uh, you know it's 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 one thing that we can do, um, but it's something that we have to continue to do. And that's why at Brave Books, you you, you sign up for the uh, the monthly subscription. You get a new book every single month. And my book, A Town Worth Defending, my new book, is free 
when you sign up at bravebooks.com. But we've got to address what's taking place. We're seeing the manifestation of it, of years of our kids being left to being indoctrinated. And now they don't know why we should love America. All they do is believe and trust the nonsense that so many of these uh, teachers and professors have told them, which are communist in nature. It's 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 out of right of the Communist Manifesto. Uh, they want to cripple our country from within, and we're seeing it happen before our eyes. It's not just that. It's even in the parts of our country that used to be thought of as the most patriotic parts, like the military. Here's a here's a here's an Army major. Hi, I'm Major Rachel Jones. And what pride means to me is celebrating that diversity is our strength as a nation and as an army. Pride means something very special to me as a LGBTQ individual, and it's a chance to show everyone what we have to offer in terms of the diverse skill sets that we bring and the diverse ways of thinking we bring into the team to make everything work better. David, what young men don't want to join do that army. About? What, what diverse skill sets do I care about that individual has uh, when that individual is 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 trying to let me know and everybody else know that it's how they do it differently in the bedroom? How is that going to help keep this country safe? I'm not, I'm not in the, uh, the military, but uh, I take pride in my body. I take pride in my ability to handle, you know, any threat that comes at me. I am not threatened by that person. Should any other country be threatened? Could you imagine a whole field of individuals like this that want to talk to us about how they have sex and that's supposed to be a, a deterrent from another country coming in and invading us? It's it's the same. It's part of the same absolute nonsense. It's it's his, it's it's so Jesse. If it wasn't our own country, it it, w it wouldn't be so uh, hard to swallow. It's it's mm -hmm. it's dastardly that it's taking place, but it's this is our beloved America, and they're pushing this. These people that, in my opinion, have something wrong. It's a mental issue. I don't care what you do in the bedroom, but you don't need to parade around about it. I, you know, and you don't need to talk to kids about it. It's the same part yeah, of that communist manifesto that wants to screw up the minds of the next generation and then get them into all these different places and positions of leadership in our military and politics, uh, in the churches. You got pastors filled with demons, in my opinion, that are leading churches that are talking about it's not his, it's her. It's, 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 you know, God is, a, it's not him. It's not the son. It's just nonsense, absolute nonsense, Jesse. And we as patriots, and especially those that may be lukewarm, that have been on the sideline, maybe haven't been playing an active role in their spiritual journey with their family. If you don't begin to take that active role, then you see the battle is waging and you're losing. Every day you're well, losing. David. David, thank you so much, brother. I appreciate you. Thanks, Jesse. Appreciate you. We're not done yet. We have a ton of show to get to. What's going on in France? I mean, it's not that I care that much about France or you care that much about France, but something bad is happening in France. We got generals making threats over there. Yeah. We'll get to that in just a moment before we get to that. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about the air in your home, the air you breathe, the air I breathe. 
our air is full of mold and viruses. It's just the way it is, especially in a home when all that air is recirculating. It's just the way it is. It doesn't mean you have a dirty home, but it does mean we have to do something about that. You want to see an improvement in your allergies? You want to have cleaner air? Air so clean you can taste it when you walk in the room? Eden Pure Thunderstorm is what can do that for you. No filter to replace. It's just this little black box that goes right in the outlet in the wall. These things are miraculous. I think I own nine of them now. I keep one everywhere. I keep one here where I work in the studio. I keep one at the house. I keep them everywhere. They have three packs of these things, $200 off right now for my viewers. Go to EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE is how you get that, all right? EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. We'll be back. People talk about riots, but for those of us who have to deal with it, it's war. Those people who stand in front of us, they're there to kill us. They have Molotov cocktails, they have cobbles, they come within three meters in front of us, they throw enormous slabs of pavement at us, they try to kill us, not to play with us, they're there to kill us. That sounds awful. The videos have been awful. What in the world is going on in France? Joining me now, Connor Tomlinson, writer and presenter at LotusEaters.com. He's been with us several times before. Okay, Connor, I don't know France. I know that the videos I see are not good. That country, apparently there's been a billion dollars in damage already. What is happening in France? So on the 27th of June last month, the police pulled over a 17-year-old Algerian boy that's been identified as Nahel M for driving erratically at the early hours of the morning around 8 o'clock when kids would be going to school. And it shouldn't be surprising that he had this interaction with the police because unfortunately Nahel had 15 prior incidents with the police and five prior incidents where he got booked for not complying with police orders and some of those interactions with the police before had charges including falsified license plates driving without a license and consuming and selling narcotics so a profoundly unparented young man and during this exchange the police officers drew the gun on him because he tried to drive away obviously worried about being arrested and charged again and the police pulled the trigger we have this from a few angles we have it from i believe a balcony and also in the wing mirror of the person in front of Nahel during the traffic stop. Now, there is a bit of a debate as to whether or not the police went too far. The French police, I know, are a little more heavy-handed than many other police. We saw videos of them firing tear gas at seated families during COVID lockdowns, for example. So there is a genuine debate here as to whether or not the kid should have been shot. But what came next was inexcusable. His mother, the woman identifying himself, herself as his mother, took to TikTok and called for a revolt. And what we saw was a lot of resentful Algerian men living in Paris and migrants from all around the world that have found France to be the world's dumping ground before they board a boat at and find themselves in my country, the UK, decided that this young man's death, as with George Floyd's in 2020, or as with Mark Duggan's in 2011 in London, was the catalyst for them to go and destroy the city that they feel no connection with and use it as an excuse to burn its monuments, steal from its stores, take angle grinders and uh, circular saws to cash points and telegraph poles and generally have some kind of besiege of the country that has taken them in and rather naively thought that they would be just as well-spoken, polite Parisians as the rest of the people that were native to the place. 
Why are there so many Algerians in France? Is that just about cultural enrichment? What, what's happening there? So historically, I, I think it was about the 1850s, the French tried to annex part of Algeria because they believed they had a claim over the land. And during that time, and, and I'll preface this with saying none of this justifies the current Algerian counter-reaction, but during that time, many French atrocities were committed. There were civilians killed, there were rapes, all in the name of conquering the place. And around 1960, the French threw their hands up and said, sorry about that, we'll give citizenship to many Algerians as way of recompense. And so there is a large Algerian cohort existing within Paris. I think it's something about 3% of the population. And the problem they have there is not, as many post-colonial theorists on the left will say, that this is some kind of just revenge for the events that were wreaked on the ancestors of the current Algerians living in Paris, because the current Parisians did not commit those atrocities. But instead, it's a fault of the Parisian government from the 60s through to Emmanuel Macron now, the liberal mindset, that people are just economic actors or that overnight they can be convinced to ascribe to liberal democracy and be taken from one place and time and slotted into another and there's no cultural incompatibilities. Instead, lots of Algerians probably conceive of themselves as the ancestors who have been aggrieved by the French and as bearers of civilization. As soon as one of their own is killed, this is a powder keg moment that that all this ethnic resentment rises to the top. And the curious thing that happened in 2021, I believe this film was released, on Netflix was a film called Athens. And this was prescient because it said that an Algerian boy eventually would be killed by the police and there would be an ethnic uprising and a civil war within France. And it, it actually valorized the Algerian militia that, that rose up and became the new head of Paris. So this was a thing that was foreseen by plenty of French people that are in the know. In 2021, there was an open letter written by France's top generals to Emmanuel Macron to say that mass migration from both Algeria and all of the other countries that have come in since the migrant crisis around 2015 is a cultural powder keg that will explode soon if they're not careful. And Macron just didn't pay attention. Okay, so speaking of the generals, why has this not stopped or has it been stopped? It doesn't appear to me that it's stopped at all. Why, why has France not stepped up and stopped all this? Well, they've attempted to deploy about 50,000 police officers by now, I expect, and they've had thousands of arrests, even 100 in Belgium, because for some reason, the Belgians deeply care about this Algerian boy killed in Paris. We all know it's just an excuse to loot and burn. Let's, let's not be not cynical about this. Obviously, it's arrived at the elite's doorstep now. I believe the mayor of the small region of Paris that you played a clip of the police chief of, his house was attacked recently. Fireworks were set off inside his home and his wife, trying to flee and protect their children, fell and broke her leg, which is tragic, of course. But again, I'd like to remind the politicians that this need not have happened had you put adequate safeguards and stop gaps on migration in the first place and not been so blind to attacks on your culture, like the Notre Dame burning down, which we still don't have a culprit for, for some reason. I, I think the willing blindness of this by politicians has come from the top, and I think it's the coming to fruition of a prophecy espoused by our old friend Klaus Schwab. We all know that he once said, during the Great Reset, we're going to see a very angry world. And that is because people have been imported from countries with different cultures into the West, Europe, the US, battery farmed in high rises, had all of their commodities paid for by the native taxpayers extracted en masse. And what ends up happening is these people who have no 
tether to the time and place they're living in decide i will take what i can get because if i am an economic extractor well if i'm impoverished then i'm entitled to burn down the city and take what i feel entitled to and so we're going through that transition phase that angry world that Klaus Schwab predicted and it seems like lots of the politicians who defer to his global order are happy for it to go on at the expense of their native citizens where does it go from here what about the native citizens well, I have seen lots of native Parisians on various Twitter videos taking to the streets to try and defend their areas. And we saw this same sort of thing in 2011 in London. This was a very formative political event for me because in 2011, a black man was shot, a man named Mark Duggan, by the police in London, which isn't something that happens very often because our police aren't armed, because he was disposing of a handgun. Now, his family came out and said that the police had unjustly shot him and that this was all a hoax. And this rapidly evolved from protests in Tottenham, North London, to riots all throughout London, including Southeast London, where I live, and they came very close to my road. And the disturbing thing that happened there was that the English Defence League, which were a English ethnic vigilante group, decided to come out in masks and balaclavas and fight members of the roving gangs of largely minority youths that were smashing up shops and stealing from them. And so what we're going to end up seeing are militia groups segregated by ethnicity battling in the streets. And frankly, as a non-extremist, I'd rather that immigration policies were put in place and integration policies were put in place so that we don't see racial conflicts take place in cities in the West. And the sad thing that's happened currently is that in France, all Emmanuel Macron has suggested is to suppress TikTok. And so we're seeing that this is manufactured consent for the suppression of free speech and criticism online the elite already wanted. They are bending this tragedy to their will, just as, unfortunately, 2011's London riots were, because even though Boris Johnson was elected London mayor at the time and cracked down on knife crime, immigration policy wasn't changed, London's demographics changed, it became a minority English city, they elected Sadiq Khan, largely on the grounds of ethnicity because of large Muslim enclaves in London, and he decided to stop, stop and search because it was racist, and knife crime shoots back up. So I fear that unless native Parisians get a handle on this electorally and defend their city, that the problem will continue and we'll see even more violent conflicts than we're seeing now. Connor, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Still have a lot of show left. Before we get to that show, let's get to you. You see, we want to protect our country. We don't want we don't want this to happen to us. Same thing's happening here. We don't want it to happen, right? But we can't do anything for our country, for our state, for our city, for our neighborhood if we aren't strong enough to handle it. If we aren't taking care of ourselves. We have to take care of ourselves. Fellas, our T levels are important. Ladies, your vitality, your energy levels are important. And it's important that we handle these things naturally. All kinds of poison and crap out there right now. Male vitality stack from chalk, 20% increase in your testosterone in 90 days. Give it 90 days and see how you feel. Ladies, female vitality stack for you. But they have endless natural herbal supplements. 35% off everything on the website with a subscription. Go subscribe to it. Cancel it anytime. Chuck.com, C-H-O-Q.com, promo code JESSE. Give me 90 days and then email me and tell me how you feel. All right? We'll be back. 
got more good news, more good Supreme Court news. Apparently, you're not allowed to use, so, well, not Supreme Court, federal judge. You're not allowed to use social media and coordinate with the federal government to censor people, which is something that a judge shouldn't have to step in and say in a free country. That's just something that shouldn't happen anyway. But since we live in a country that is no longer free, that is something that had to happen here. So salute to the federal judge. Let's talk to Jeffrey Tucker about it. Joining me now, founder of Brownstone Institute, Jeffrey Tucker. Okay, this is obviously a good thing, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a very important decision. The whole thing reminds me of, of the Alien and Sedition Acts of uh, 1798. That was, those were passed by Congress about 11 years after the Constitution was ratified. And incredibly, you know, they punished uh, speech uh, when it was critical of, of the government. And, and the country was so outraged that they swept Thomas Jefferson into office in 1800 um, as, on the promise that he would repeal them, and he did. So, you know, it seems like that was just the same generation as the Constitution was passed. We had to test the First Amendment. Here, here we are in the 21st Amendment, 21st century. We have new technologies. The new technology in question here is social media, which permits the promise of social media was that it was going to permit everybody to have a voice. Well, once that voice started competing with mainstream media, uh, <laughs> media which works very closely to government at all times, yeah, that's always been true. Uh, you know, the, the agricultural you know, reporter at the New York Times is constantly in touch with the deep state bureaucrats at the Department of Agriculture and so on. Uh, what happened was that they tried to shut down social media. And that began in earnest, really, in 2020, uh, where uh, the D deep state bureaucrats, now these people were elected, there was no law passed, right? It was just, you can't say this, you can't say this. They started working very tightly with social media uh, uh, people. We have now hundreds, really thousands of, of documents. In fact, the Biden administration bragged about it. Jen Psaki used to brag about it all the time. Biden himself threatened Facebook personally. You remember his comment that they have to shut up because they're killing people. <clears throat> well, that turns out to be just the beginning. They've been doing this all along. Um, very close uh, working relationships. So anytime the government saw a post they didn't like, they would write uh, Twitter or LinkedIn. There are something like 12 different social media uh, platforms in question here and say, we've got to get rid of this guy. You, you can't say that about masks. Uh, you can't say that about vaccines. Lockdowns were great. Don't discuss Hunter Biden's laptop and so on. It went. <clears throat> and this went on for the better part of, uh, of, of two years and longer, really three years. Well, we finally found some plaintiffs in the case. They happen to be mostly associated with the Brownstone Institute, Martin Kuldorf, Jay Bhattacharya, Aaron Kiriati. And it was litigated and complete with depositions from Fauci and so on. So finally, the judge has acted. And it's a very interesting action. He uh, was so alarmed to see this that he realized, oh, this is an imminent threat to American uh, liberties and rights. So he issued an injunction. You have to stop this immediately. And along with that injunction, a 150-page uh, documentation that is going to be very helpful to the Supreme Court when the fa case finally goes to the Supreme Court, which it certainly will. Jeffrey, uh, are we going to win that? That seems like a no-brainer win at the <clears throat> Supreme Court level. And I realize I'm asking you to predict the future here, yeah. but this is so grossly wrong yeah. and frankly illegal for the government to censor things, to coordinate and force these things on social media companies. This is obviously a no-brainer at the Supreme Court, right? Uh, well, one would hope so. I mean, th this has never been tested before. I mean, can government go into social media companies and tell them, 
what their policies have to be vis-a-vis -vis their own user base, right? This has never really come up before. And so we need a good, clean decision on this. My read of what the judge said in his 150-page uh, memorandum, which is quoting Orwell and Harry Truman and the Founding Fathers, it's really great, really well-documented, beautifully put together. It seems to me that uh, the Supreme Court can't rule any other way. I mean, we, we have plenty of established precedent that the government cannot censor uh, by using third parties. You know, it's, <clears throat> it's one thing, as they say, for government to be in touch with regular reporters at the New York Times, but to go into social media companies and say, you, you must tell your, uh, you have to ban this user, you have to ban these thoughts. That's a direct violation of the First Amendment. And we have plenty of precedent that says the government cannot do that, yet they were doing it anyway, and they did it with impunity for a very long time. This is why the judge issued this injunction. This is an emergency. Um, now, so the next step is that I'm sure the injunction itself will be challenged, and the ruling on that will, will say, yes, the judge had the right to issue this injunction. So the injunction will be upheld, which creates a different law, uh, essentially, it means that really starting now, it's starting yesterday, July 4th, ha, good timing, uh, uh, government employees at CISA, FBI, NIH, CDC, they had the State Department, Justice Department, all these agencies listed, and, and the names of the people listed as defendants was particularly satisfying to me, cannot uh, be in contact with social media <clears throat> on routine uh, uh, policies concerning what kind of content is labeled as misinformation or disinformation. That That is now, you know, enforcement is another matter, but right now that is not no longer legal. So the injunction will likely be upheld, but then, <clears throat> then they will be appealed by the defendants. So it'll go to the next court and probably eventually the Supreme Court, but that Supreme Court decision could be year two or three away. But uh, for now, the, the, the law of the land is that they, they cannot do that. And I'm guessing that that injunction will be upheld. So this is a, a very big and important moment. Now, Jesse, there are a lot of people out there, regular people, who don't even, they're not even aware that this has been going on. They, they've had their accounts throttled, taken down. They've had their LinkedIn profiles destroyed. Or they're just innocent readers of Mark Zuckerberg's Facebook and don't know that the whole thing is being curated by government officials and their algorithms or outsourced to a third party like the fact checkers. In other words, they haven't known that the information that they've been getting from independent social media companies is actually government propaganda. They haven't known this. Well, now they probably know it because this this case has received a tremendous amount of attention. And it's going to change the way that people think about social media. They're going to have to go out of their way to assure their readers that they can be trusted. Because as of, uh, as of yesterday, we now know we've lived for three, almost three and a half years with a heavily censored social media world. And a lot of people didn't uh. really know that. It's going to, you know, on, on one hand, it's very good news. On the other hand, <laughs> It, if, if you needed any one thing to increase people's suspicion and lack of trust in our official institutions, this this is uh, definitely a case. So I'm, I'm glad yeah. that the information is out there. You and I have been trying to draw attention to this for a very long time. Well, now it's out in the open. Yeah, creepy, but good. Jeffrey, thank you yeah. so much, sir. I appreciate it. Okay, my pleasure. Thank you. It's not our only legal win. We've got another one.
talk to Tudor Dixit about that next before we talk to Tudor. Let's talk about making preparations for some tumultuous times. That's a great word, isn't it? Tumultuous? Not even really sure what it means. But anyway, we do have to make preparations. And part of that is preparing for a dollar that continues to free fall in value. Preparing for a stock market that might just go kaput. Looks like it probably will. Certainly the housing portion of it. Do you have gold or silver in your physical possession? Do you have it as part of your IRA or 401k to protect that retirement you've worked so hard for? Now, if all these things are intimidating to you, and Jesse, I'm not sure how to do it. I I don't know how to do it. Oxford Gold knows how to do it. I rely on them for everything. I send my friends there. I send family members there. My own father. This is my one-stop shop for everything. They handle it all, and they're laid back. I I love them. Call 833-995-GOLD. Let Oxford handle it for you, all right? 833-995-GOLD. We'll be back. just be clear, I got into Harvard only because of affirmative action, but someone came to Denver, Colorado to look for me. A Harvard recruiter flew to Denver and I met up with her at the Village Inn restaurant and did a pre-interview to get to to pull me into Harvard. I wasn't, I was pulled in. The first like week or two that I was in class, my presence was questioned by white people. I was in this big conference class mm. where some white students t- stood up and said, those students, the black students, they're only here because of affirmative action. It became a huge argument that we all ended up having. This was freshman year. I had never had my academic credentials questioned. I had never had anyone question whether I was intelligent until I got to Harvard. And it was a defining uh, point of my experience there. It's why I really was mis- one of the many reasons I was miserable there my freshman year. I love that. I don't know. Every part of that makes me laugh because Joy Ann Reed admits she only got into Harvard because she's black, but she's so stupid that she didn't realize she was admitting that she only got into Harvard because she was black and not because she was smart enough. <laughs> and then she got there and talks about how she got made fun of for being stupid. Joy, you're stupid. Like, I'm stupid. I know what it's like, but I at least realize it. Joining me now, Tudor Dixon of the Tudor Dixon podcast. Tudor, we got a nice win at the Supreme Court level last week saying uh, you probably shouldn't just allow people into college because they're black. It's a good time for the country. But Joy Reid makes the point that so many conservative black people came out and said was, hey, I didn't want to be seen as just someone that got here because I was chosen to check a box. I want to be seen that I'm here because of merit. And let's not forget that the people who brought that case to the Supreme Court, many of them are Asian Americans who said we are being unfairly discriminated against and kicked out of our spot to make room for someone else who didn't work as hard as we did. And we want to make sure that we have that opportunity. So this idea that this is in some way taking it away from someone else, it is really a merit-based program now. And it was the Supreme Court that came down and said, this was not something constitutional and this is not where we're going to go as a country. Those daggone Asians in their good grades. You know, that actually brings up a good point, Tudor, about taking something away. Why, why do people have such a hard time admitting so many people that they like their handouts? They like their giveaways. That, that, that no one seems to want to admit this. Joy Ann Reed and her despicable brand of communism, they like that they get into better schools for the color of their skin. They can't come out and admit that, but they enjoy it. 
But the real question is, why aren't they concerned about the students that don't have the opportunity because it happens way earlier in life? Why aren't they talking about, wait a minute, why do we have a 5% reading proficiency in Detroit public schools? Why don't those kids have the opportunity? It's not because the colleges aren't looking at them. It's because something is going really wrong in public education at a very young age. And that's what is concerning to me. Let's start, let's look a little bit further back and say, let's teach kids to read. Let's make sure they have the opportunity and then they can compete in this merit-based program. Tudor, we got another student loan win last week. Supreme Court decided that Joe Biden's clearly unconstitutional student loan forgiveness was unconstitutional. This was all just a setup so Democrats can run on this in the election, though, right? Yeah, I'm going to argue that it is not a win at all. I'm going to say, look, this is this very reminiscent of the Dobbs decision where Republicans came out and they were like, oh, great, this is a huge win, and then had no idea what was actually going to happen. So let's let's look at what we're looking at right now, truly, with Joe Biden, who is coming out and saying, look to me, once again, I will be your savior. I'm going to go a different direction and make sure you get this money back, because let's face it. Joe Biden doesn't give two hoots if you don't have to pay your student loan. It really isn't about that. He prefers to not have to pay your student loan for you. He prefers to not get the money back to you. He wants to make sure that he wins. He wants to make sure that Democrats win. So they are gonna use this across the country. Dems across the country will run on this. This radical Supreme Court, they're doing this against us, our will, we're gonna take them down and we're gonna fight for you. This is going to be the message and it's gonna resonate with young people. They love that this happened. This is the best thing that could happen to Democrats. We're going to win in 24? If we do not start to change the way we talk to people, it's going to be a problem. And I, I sincerely mean that. The, they have these commercials that are going out. They're meeting people where they are. We talk about not being on TikTok. Well, that gives them the only, they are the only people on TikTok talking to young people. They are getting their messages out every possible way. And Republicans are sitting back and saying, let's have a rally. Let's look at the pictures and see how many people showed up. A rally is not going to do it, folks. You got to get the message directly to the people, and that's what the Dems are doing. I've tried to explain this to people a thousand times, Tudor, that they're blocking and tackling, and we're talking about how many people show up at rallies. They're getting out the vote, they're ballot harvesting, they're out there reaching people, and we have a rally and say, look how many people did it. We're going to win. Do we, learn no do we learn nothing from last election? If I watch on social media, I see people nipping at each other. My candidate has more people coming than your candidate. And I'm thinking, what are you doing to actually get the message out? And when are you going to start talking about the economy and national security and the border and protecting the country against the Chinese coming in and taking over our land? I mean, these are serious issues that people are very concerned about. And I am not seeing those discussed. I'm seeing these people go at each other on social media, whereas the Dems are not going at each each other in social media. They're going to the voters and they're saying, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take care of you. We love the fact that you went to college and we don't think you should have to pay for it. We're going to make sure you don't have to. We're going to make sure you have unlimited choices in your life. We need to get into that space and I don't see us there yet. What happened with this Michigan appeals court in Governor Ratchet? So, the governor, obviously, you well, maybe some of your listeners or viewers remember that Michigan had very severe lockdowns during COVID and restaurants were locked down. Restaurants were locked down through from April to June. Then they were locked down again in the fall. Then they were locked down again after Christmas. We had the longest restaurant lockdowns of any 
any state in the entire country. So Gretchen Whitmer's powers were taken away from her at some point because the Michigan Supreme Court came in and said, actually, you don't have the power to do this. She transferred that power over to the health department and then they locked down the restaurants and it turns out now we're finding out that was also illegal. This is no surprise because this is, I mean, similar to the, the student loan situation, Joe Biden's like, you know what, forget about the courts. I'm going to do this anyway. Gretchen Whitmer the same, and it looks like she wants to be in Joe Biden's seat. So she is willing to say, forget about the courts. I'll figure out another way to get my way and do whatever I want. You have come on here before and said that Ratchet is running for president, and I believe you. You know her a lot more intimately than I do. But how does this work? What would you think? You see Joe resigning? How, game this out for me. No, I, I believe that there is, uh, we've seen some of these candidates, these Democrat candidates positioning themselves. You've seen Newsom put out his video. You see Gretchen Whitmer launching her federal PAC now. And so I believe that they will wait until the very end. They don't want the arrows against their candidates. They don't want the news saying, oh, let's interview them. Let's put them in, in the spotlight. They want to make sure that Joe Biden is running as long as possible, because in addition to not having arrows against their candidates, if they were to take Joe Biden out now and say, you know, he's just not healthy enough to do this, they would have to lift up Kamala Harris. And they certainly don't want to do that. So why not wait until the general take them both out just as we get through the primary and then slide a Whitmer ticket in there. And and she has, she has been able to really be... Uh, built up on the Democrat side. She's had this puff piece in the Atlantic, this puff piece from Vanity Fair recently. She, everybody's talking about her new pack. She's definitely a golden child on the Democrat side, and I believe that they could easily put her in that position. Tudor, there's a real mystery out there. Somebody found some booger sugar in the White House, and the authorities can't seem to find who it was. Do you have any guesses who that might have been? Well, I mean, I think that everybody has the obvious guess. A certain... Uh, former crack addict is visiting the White House quite often these days. Former. But to be, uh, <laughs> yes, former, maybe not so former. Maybe we're finding out not so former. But I also think that we have a very interesting and diverse group of people in the White House who have had some serious issues in their lives and they are potentially also bringing cocaine into places where they are working. I mean, it could really be anybody when you look at what's happening in D.C. right now. It is such a mess. And the fact that this is trying to be swept under the rug, I think it's so important for us to say, no, 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 no. We really want to know what's happening. And if this is a Hunter Biden situation again, my goodness, at what point are we finally going to say this man needs to be investigated for his crimes, which are multiple, and potentially even for treason or betraying his own country. Yeah, I'm sure the DOJ will be all over that. Thanks, Tudor. Come back soon. Thank you. All right. We got Light in the Mood coming up, and it's going to be a fun one. Before we get to that, let's get to this. Health. No, I'm not going to lecture you about your health. Don't worry. But we, we all know what you eat matters. I love fast food. I don't, I don't make any bones about that. I don't eat fast food every day. Why? Because there's no nutrition in it. It's garbage. It's empty calories. You know you give your dog fast food every day, right? When you give your dog dog food, there's no nutrition in it. It's just empty calories. It's crap. It's why they die way sooner than they should. It's why we have to take them to the vet all the time. Give your dog rough greens. Pour it on his food, an all-natural nutritional supplement. 
created by naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black. Watch your dog get healthier in front of your eyes and live longer. Give your dog actual nutrition. Roughgreens.com slash Jesse gets you a free bag. All you pay for is the shipping. Roughgreens.com slash Jesse, all right? We'll be back. All right, it's time to lighten the mood. Maybe with a little Independence Day roundup. But before we get to that, let's do something real quick. I was gone for Independence Day. Well, gone for most of the weekend. Where was I? We were floating the river, camping, doing that kind of stuff. And you know what hit me? I was talking to the wife yesterday about it. I got home. I was so sore. (laughs) I'm 41 now. Yes, I'm not 21 anymore. And when you're floating the river and you're doing rope swings and packing stuff up, you come home, parts of the body hurt. Revolutionary relief, baby. Because normally what I would have done is I would have gone for that bottle of ibuprofen, go ahead and kill my liver, ease some of that soreness. Nope. I take that little roll on, rub it on my shoulders, rub it on my knees, drop the ibuprofen bottle, all right? They are so confident in this. They even have gel caps for your internal pain. They give it to you a month free. Go try it. Go to revrelief.com slash free, all right? All right. Let's do a little flashback to 2017 in honor of Independence Day and all the fails that come with it. Bag up, bag up. Bag up, Terry. Put it in reverse, Terry. Put it in reverse. Oh, Lord. Lord, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus. What the, what, what you doing, Terry? Terry, what's That's so good. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I see you tomorrow. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.